everybody, Marcus Tuttle here with the Wide World of Real Estate, Episode 5. We're still further in our projects. I got back from Dallas, an EXP event, and uh, we talked for about 45 minutes with some insight of the past couple of weeks. All right, thanks for listening. Hey, Tony Robbins do some of his power moves, man, some jumps up and downs and get everybody. Oh, for sure. He's 61 now. Wow. He said he used his COVID time wisely. He's got a four-month-old child. <laughs> Tony. That cat's an anti-vaxxer, if I had to guess. Yeah? Yeah, man. He said, I know you're scared. I know you're scared. But I like freedom. I want to decide for myself. Yeah. So I just kind of divine that that's his jam. What have you been doing? Uh, sweat equity. Sweat yeah. Equity. Yeah. How's the light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, that one that I've been working on for the past months, waiting on these custom doors to come in. That that's up and running. And Rachel signed the lease with a tenant. Um, a traveling nurse going to be here for about three months. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, so she got that inked up. Um, going good, man. We kind of been worried. You know, Rachel's in a group of a bunch of other Airbnb hosts, and uh their occupancy this month is pretty slow. Rachel's at 90%, but theirs is definitely petering off a little bit. I think a lot of that has to do with just the August doldrums, you yep. know? Uh, so we're blessed. We're blessed to keep things moving along. And as soon as we get something done, get somebody paying in it. So you kind of develop your own clientele, I guess a little bit of it. I think so. I mean, Rachel's done a good job forming a relationship with this uh, traveling nurse company. And, you know, Rachel's just got that kind of attitude where she's not, uh, She's just really easy, man. She wants to be helpful. She doesn't doesn't demand too much. And some of these other investor types around here, you know, they stick to their number and you gotta have this and gotta have that. And and the the lady who works for the company just said, I want to work with you. You're easy to work with. You're nice. So Rachel got that no move move going on. Yeah, just whatever. So cool. What's with the doors again? Last I, I heard that. it was the brick ledge. Yeah, were, yeah, I finally got it in. But yeah, it was that arch top door turned in. So it's such a big a headache getting the yep. brick mold in and everything. Um, so, and then rehabbing right now a class C unit. We got two that are next door to each other. Uh, tenant moved out uh, two Commercial. weeks ago. No, it's uh, just uh, just rent, just long term residential. So. Yeah, that floor paint, light socket change out, try to get it pretty and try to get a tenant in there in the next month, maybe. So. South Jack Town? It's not South Jackson. It's like on the, the line of Clinton and Jackson. So mm -hmm. it's like far west. Oh. Yeah, I, I scooped up on some Kenny Mag before to have some, you know, to have some content. But he was he was interviewing this cat from Bigger Pockets yeah. a few days ago who turns everything economics into a football analogy. <laughs> yeah. It's like you change your defense and like, you don't know the rules and like, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. Fumble? I have yeah, heard. Yeah. 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 And if Tom Brady's selling more tickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go. Did green, you hear that go. same one? Did you hear that same one? I think I have. Yeah. I've been yeah. painting. So I've, I've gone through all the fresh, <laughs> the fresh stuff. Uh, no, today I'm listening to uh, one of the bigger pockets podcasts and they're like, you got to quit fucking painting. And I'm like, mid-stroke. You know? <laughs> what are these guys talking about, man? You got to syndicate. So, But it's all good, man. It is all good. Everything is, is people are paying rent where they can. Um, we've only got one or two losers in the, in the portfolio. You know, we're working with them as best we can. But it's we're, we're, we're lucky right now. So Those are the trends they were talking about is that they're the people on the lower end of the eco socio and economic uh, spectrum. They are going to figure out how to get supplemented, yeah. um, subsidized. And he said the people in no man's land were the people who are not make are not affluent and still not being able to get subsidized. Those people are kind of yeah. exposed, but they felt like, you know, just a, adaptation becoming resourceful was the name of the game and they were really thinking that the people who did complain that did drag things out 
are going to move one day and then they're going to carry the baggage of the results of their tenancy along with them. Yeah. Uh, the other, I guess the other highlights of what I listened to with him were that uh, in 08 home ownership got to like 68% and now it's like 60 and potentially dipping more. So I guess he was making the case for rentership to continue and get larger. Yeah. And exactly what you echoed a few weeks ago is that, you know, uh, home ownership may not be the norm. It may be not everybody. It may become normal for not everybody to own a home. Yeah. I mean, right now there's a lot of articles about housing bubble, you know, is, are we going to, are we going to pop? Is it going to be 2008 all over again? There's people all over the, the map, but the, the thing that I hear quoted most often is, you know, the price affordability index, you know, it's just not affordable. And, and my, you know, kind of argument or pieces on who said it's supposed to be affordable. Like it could keep going up. I mean, we visited, you know, great Britain and Ireland and other parts of developed countries and they're not affordable over there. They haven't ever been. So I don't know why we think, yeah, it's just supposed to be cheap and you're supposed to pay. So, um, Everything surrounding the bubble is kind of disagreed with by the numbers. Just a massive amount of people that are going to be hitting the market. The people in their 30s and 40s that are of the home buying age and the lack of inventory is just still in that confluence of events that are, are creating um, not like sunny, sunny skies for people that want to become homeowners. Yeah. Well, uh, I, have, I have a hard time trusting all the data. You know, and they say, you know, there's not that much investment activity going on. Or the hedge funds aren't buying that much. Like I'm seeing them buy you know, thousands of homes in my market, like not hundreds, but thousands. And then I, just, I know all just my circle of in, investors that I know. I mean, that's another, th I mean, just the homes that are owned by investors in this area are just, they're not, it's not a small number. It's huge. And most of them know what they're doing. Most of them are buying based on cash flow and the rental demand is good. And I don't see it. I don't see it bottoming out here. So. Yeah. Even the, the FinTech and you pay attention to prop tech and FinTech financial technology, all the apps, all the innovation happening mm -hmm. in the digital space. And evidently there's some on the property management software space and I'm in agreement, but in the FinTech, there's this thing called knock, home uh made me think of home away but it's like home swap and not home swap they they um they make people a loan on the equity that they have in their house and allow them to be able to go into their next place and offer cash by just floating them alone i guess um it's some kind of bridge loan but it's just this and it's exactly what we're talking about it's just this weird big data algorithm stuff that is as solving these problems for the yeah. people that get it. And uh, what it means to me is people out there floating bridge loans is that big data and wall street and whoever the uh, venture capitalist world, they are, they're pretty bullish on single family homes to a regular person with a job. Yeah. So I'm going through my Rachel and I tracking our foreclosures and we're seeing uh three of them tomorrow are from a, a uh, the 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 Davis Family Trust, Improving Jackson Trust number forty one, Improving mm -hmm. Jackson Trust number forty two, Improving Jack. There's a bunch of Improving Jacksons, um, and I, I guess you know that that entity is going to be taking a bunch of their inventory back from that Class C. Uh, tenant buyer um you know i don't know what the the sub the subprime mortgage stuff looks like i know in this in this market we have a hard time uh getting people to take care of and pay for their homes long term uh so i think we might see a wave of more stuff like that coming back it's in a bunch of hud houses uh habitat for humanity foreclosures lately so but the deal with those are Habitat for Humanity and a lot of these other trusts, they don't, they don't really, they'll go to the auction, they'll outbid you. They want to get them back. Because uh, they have insurance. They got to make an insurance claim with the government. I don't know if that's it, but I mean, Habitat's literally, they'll take lots. I mean, they're, they're getting donations. They need inventory. I mean, it's a nonprofit. So a lot of mm -hmm. these are, they're not, but 
So it's inventory popping on the market, but I think that those entities are going to want them back. You know, they're not going to let us get them. Uh, Whether it makes financial sense or not. I guess, I guess with Habitat though, it's, it really doesn't make, I mean, it's all nonprofit. That doesn't need to make financial sense for them. All right. They, they need houses because that's what they do is they, yeah. they fix them up, make them pretty and put people in them. Sure. So. Well, we, um, are seeing, we are seeing an uptick in that though. The old uh, John Madden of bigger pockets, he felt like that uh, uh, Section 8 was going to be a fertile market. So I don't know if that's going to change the way that the hedge funds deal with their stuff or, or the Class C stuff is going to be dealt with. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how Section 8 can get any bigger. I mean, it's, it's freaking huge. I mean, we've got... It's lack of inventory here. They told me about how many tens of thousands of applicants that have vouchers without inventory. Yeah. I mean, so as far as doing the math on, you know, they've got 8,000 people that are using one of our offices and, you know, average rent, maybe a thousand bucks a month. I mean, you think about the inventory they need, the amount of money coming in, it's, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think maybe it will get bigger, but I just can't wrap my head around that. I mean, it's already so darn big. You're like, where's this money coming from? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how is that happening? Um, but I mean, we're bullish right now on the, uh, you know, there's still deals out there. Rachel and I sold one to one of the hedge funds uh, about a week ago. We closed on it and it was a quick one. We made about 15 grand on it. Hell to the yeah. And they're, they're excited to buy. You know, they're still buying. They're buying aggressively. Um, you're catching. Where'd you find it? The foreclosure. Nice. So you put it in gear, slipped it on into first. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel got it. Uh, it's probably about three weeks ago is when we bought it and then we knocked the ugly off, you know, trashed it out, marketed it. And, uh, and we just closed on that last Tuesday, I think. That's exciting. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Good to get It's going to be something. I kind of got a feeling it's going to be something. I hope so. I mean, um, I went to another sale like, I guess it was last Friday and I met an old head that was there that's been doing those for, he's buying South Jackson stuff, West Jackson stuff for, you know, 15 to 30 grand and just noting it out to investors. He's got 60 notes that he has uh, built over about 50 months. Um, but just doing the old tax-free for his solo 401k or our IRA and just, just flipping them like crazy, making paper, you know, buy it for 20, note it for 40 and not looking back. So he's, he's got some stacks in his IRA to be able to do that. Yeah. He, he had done the landlord stuff for a while. He's like, I can't I'm not doing that anymore. Mid sixties. Don't want to mess with it. Just notes him out. The interesting thing though, is he doesn't note out to homeowners. He only mm -hmm. does investors, um, which is the exact opposite of what some of the other guys that, that I follow are, are talking about. I guess he doesn't um, want that on his brain whenever he hits the pillow. I mean, just the whole, the whole thing about them not being happy with the house or wanting something yeah. else, you know, um, you know, investors pretty much know what they're getting into. They're going to put some equity into it. They're going to put some sweat, but they're looking at it as a business, not as a, you know, a place put home sweet home above the hearth. So, but it was, it was good to talk with him to see all the stuff he's done in, in about five years. So investors are a better bet to him than it's not a moral question. It's just a feels like they're a better bet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you're going to Virginia soon? Yeah, Ingersoll's event. Um yeah. we are middle of September. Yeah. And kind of look I'm kind of looking forward to it, kind of not. I mean, this COVID thing down in Mississippi is just mind-blowing, man. I mean, it really is. Like we're overrun. We've got nurses. We have friends that are nurses and they're they're complaining about just being overworked and overrun and not enough resources. I mean, it's, it feels like this should have happened last year. You know, it's, I mean, it's worse here now than it's ever been. It's really bad. Wow. Um, well, I got a pal that I called and he said, yeah, I pay attention to a few doctors around the world. And he said, the virologists say the thing that you never do is to create a vaccine during a wave. So he threw a bunch of shade at the, uh, Institute of Health and uh, the CDC and anybody that was yeah. on the take by uh, a government, a branch of government. 
I don't know anything. I just listen to his words. I don't have an opinion on it. Yeah. Well, you know, we were all feeling good about, you know, wearing masks and doing what we could to slow whatever we could slow down. And then that news came out that people that had been double vaccinated, if they did get Corona, were, 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 were just as high or maybe higher viral carriers. And I was like, well, we just <laughs> we just screwed the pooch on this one, man. So it's you know, not good and it's already in me. Everybody's <laughs> got vaccinated who now gets sick is, you know, the super carrier. And that's why I think we're seeing what we're seeing down here. So we've had a bunch of vaccinations, but everybody's just but maybe this is the the crescendo. Maybe this is it, you know, like the grand finale. Not according to this cat, and he's smart and he's in the food business here and he said, you know taking it in the pants, you know, but he's got, he thought, you know, I might just rent out my buildings, you know, commercial lease, see what's going on and skip town and for three to five years and come back and see what it looks like. Oh, he thinks it's that bad. He, he's like, he's talking about different strains. He's like, it's going to be five of them. It's going to be five strains. How many have we seen? Well, I guess this is two. Oh man. Yeah. Trace uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're already giving, I mean, they're giving away, giving out Chromebooks at the kids' school, and we're like, that. Yeah. That is not a, this is one teacher whose voice just grated on me. <laughs> I was like, why is that got to be over? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, looking at finances or investing, I mean, we can always we can always make good decisions when everything's pretty much normal. You know, we can kind of see what the horizon looks like over the next two, three, five years. I mean, right now, I have no idea. Um, you know, I feel smart buying real estate and having other people pay it off for me. Um, that's the story we're in. But I mean, you know, if, if people can't dine in restaurants and you can't have concerts and schools are shutting down left and right and the government just keeps pumping out money. I mean, anybody who says they know what's going to happen is full of it because that's yeah. just that's just not yep. supposed to happen. Um, I, I think the free money's pretty much stopped. You know, I don't know if a whole lot of, uh, I don't guess the unemployment benefits are as strong as they were before. I don't know if they're still going on or not. Um, I think oh, Kenny was talking about can down the road. I didn't listen. I wasn't hanging on every word, but. Uh, I guess there's still a delay in in the the sequence of events to not uh, you know evidently there's still some people in the holding pattern. It may not be evictions. It might be still the mortgage thing. I'm yeah. not sure. And I don't have my ear super on the ground, but gosh, still. And he said he said, and they both said him and John Madden said that. Rents are going up. Rents are going up over the next 10 years. So uh, I like Kenny because he looks at the data and seemed like they, the guys were in the mutual admiration club and they were in agreement. So, um, and investing in debt, they said, again, debt's going to be an asset and cash is going to be a liability. So that made me think to, uh, you know, refi to the hilt if I can. Yeah. You looking at any deals? The guy that got up at, at in Texas and he's got a monster downline. He's one of the main guys. He said, this is the best deal you're ever going to find. He said, I was trying to do the same thing. I was tired of production and real estate. And he got named as like number one Coldwell agent in the world once upon a time. Wow. He said, he said, I was looking for an exit. I was looking at rental property and, and such. He said, but you're never going to find a better deal than this. So uh, there's, a, you know, five, over 5,000 people wanting that same dream. Uh, not all 5,000 have the same results, but they're looking yeah. for that dream. If they're in production real estate, there were cards handed and the promises of deals to be done. And yeah, new innovations, but that's I love those people. They're just not exactly my crowd. The look good and smell good. I'm kind of old t-shirt and flip flop yeah. guy. 
um, I pulled out, I pulled out, oh, I pulled out an old listing agreement package that I had. <laughs> I had suspenders. I had a tie and I had suspenders. <laughs> yes. That was, there was this big tall sign and I was like draped on it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Come on out here to the Louisiana Hayride. Let me find you a house. <laughs> I was in Laplace, which is west of here. And it was like, I was in the 85,000. Uh, range splitting 50 50 with my broker it was a little stiff <laughs> you had to get out there you had to really get out there and bang some doors yeah and it was weird like you want to sell your house and i just remember some guys goes yeah yeah i do i was like <laughs> <laughs> i go get my pencil and make some photocopies i don't know if i told you or not but um uh, my broker after I got Carlton sheets, Mr. No money down. I don't know if anybody still knows him, but we, you might find the packages at a garage sale every now and yeah. again, or a flea market. But, uh, I went all through it and I got my junior investor, uh, real estate contract and, and, and brought it to the realtor. You know, I saw this double, she printed out the sheets and I've traced around town in Laplace and I found this double by, double by the tracks. Uh, and I presented her the offer like Madam Realtor this is my offer I've been coached by the finest in the industry <laughs> and she's like what is this can we write it on mine I was like yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> let the negotiating begin Yeah. and you're asking for what you want the owner to carry why don't you just go get a loan? You'll get a better interest rate. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just give it to him. Let yeah. me know what he says. And I did the whole Steve Martin and the jerk. I think they uh, agreed to lend me $50,000. Remember when he, they wrote him that $50,000 check at the bank tellers? He did that 360, his head <laughs> on a swivel. I, that's what I felt like. Yeah. But anyway, I tell that story just because I, the guy, the broker's like, well, let's see if this guy wants to be in real estate. And he said, uh, he said, you want to be a realtor? I'm like, I didn't even know what it was. I had no clue. It was just so foreign. I was early 20s. And he got me, you know, I signed up, took a vacation off my regular job, my paying job to go um, take this real estate course. And. I made it and I quit my job, which meant I wasn't getting paid, which I didn't have that thought, but he'd set me up a tall boy in the Haynes crisscross directory and tell me to get after it. And yeah. I don't remember what the questions were, but it was just like, I ask you three questions and <laughs> I can't believe how many listings that I got just from grinding. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Do you ever get did anybody ever show you the dial for dollars paradigm? No. No, you know, I, and I got my license. I don't, I think it was just, I wanted to, uh, I don't know what I was thinking, man. You know, I was out there investing, I was buying houses and I think I just want another arrow in the quiver. Uh, but I immediately got hooked up with a, a property management company that just sucked like two years out of my life. I mean, it was, <laughs> I was managing like 400 properties and it was just, I mean, it was pandemonium and my phone, there were days my phone rang a hundred times a day from, you know, seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. It's like, you can't serve anybody that way. I mean, that's just, I did that for about 18 months. And then who was calling then, you? Tenants, vendors, angry owners that couldn't get a hold of the people who are running the company. I mean, and you got a stipend. <laughs> <laughs> like you, can I come work for you? No. <laughs> No, we get, you know, like, uh, I think it was maybe a third of the first month's rent in a lease up fee. So something rented for a thousand bucks. We got 300 bucks. No residue? No, for the first mm -hmm. month. It's bad math. It's Not, bad. None of the benefits, all of the trouble? All the trouble. Yeah, so here I go from investing, having my own stuff, to I'm going to get my license, and now I'm out here 
being a leasing agent for class C property down in South mm. Jackson. I mean, it was, it was misery. It was horrible. They still got recruits on that same plan. Yeah. They got, they got four or five agents. I think that are pretty happy doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the thing though. You've heard that expression. You better have a plan for your life or somebody's going to give you one, you know, like you're going to end up in somebody else's plan. That's what it was. You know, like I didn't know what I was doing. I'm trying and somebody's, Hey man, we'll let you do this. And I picked my head up 18 months later and like, my stuff's falling by the wayside and I'm just doing lease ups for HUD houses down in South Jackson. So I guess it was good for me to, to go through it. I saw a lot of, saw a lot of houses, saw mm-hmm. a lot of tenants run a lot of background checks. Um, it was experience, but I don't know. So you feel like you're going the right way right now? I mean, you saw, it seems like you right on the cusp of solving your uh financially independent i mean all of us want we're, you know there's all of us want to have financial freedom i mean that's what we're doing i don't want to go to the job i'd like mailbox money i'd like recurring income um i think i've gotten better at it but i mean i'm still doing things that i don't necessarily like doing and so then i give it six months and then i switch i give it six months and then i switch you know, I heard an investor saying, yeah, there's a lot of money in prostitution, but if you don't like sex, you're not going to make any money. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like there's a bunch of money in real estate, but if you don't like parts of it, you're not going to make any money there. And I've tried everything and I, and I've done it for maybe three or four or six months. And, um, you know, what do I really enjoy doing? I like hunting, you know, undervalued assets and finding ways to get them. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, but is there any money in that? You know, like I found great deals and didn't have the money people to close them. You know, you still couldn't get the bank financing. Now, now today I probably could. Um, so I, I guess I just had to go through all that stuff to kind of get my stripes and know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You got any other vehicle? I mean, that's what, as I reflect, real estate's just a vehicle to get freedom or whatever you want to call it. It's just a vehicle. I think there's a bunch of facets to it. You can sell real estate, but it's not really a vehicle if you're selling. You're a salesperson if you're selling real estate and not right. capturing the other benefits. Uh, uh, you can be a appraiser, make good money. You can be a lender, make good money. You're a salesperson. You can be a realtor, make good money, but you're a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I guess another vehicle would be, you know, just maybe not try to stray too far from your core competency and look for, I don't know if there's a, you can of course build an organization inside of something like uh, EXP or something as another vehicle, or you can mm, start playing the money lending deal within um, a tax free environment. I guess those are kind of close to our core competencies Mm -hmm. to try and, kind of lasso another vehicle to hook onto. But uh, just thinking for a second, I don't automatically know of another one's kind of close to us or achievable by us. I mean, syndication, but quite honestly, that doesn't turn me on a whole lot over the long term. Yeah, you can go with your buddies and shoot a bigger elephant. You just got to hang out with all your buddies while you're yeah taking them down i know people do it you get i don't know might speak back to trust issues or whatever or just uh you know i guess i i pass or fail on my own merit yeah, i think most of the guys that i see that are doing syndication they're, they're doing it real. the guys that are doing it right are doing big organizations. They're not just doing one-offs because it takes a long time to get those uh, kind of that battleship pointed in the right direction. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've got to get your marketing going. You've got to get relationships with property management. I mean, it's a big thing. Uh, I guess like, like, like Kenny, you know, uh, I mean that he's, he's a businessman. He's not a guy that's like, I'm putting this deal together and get in and get out. Um, And I, I kind of like my, my freedom. Uh, not not being stuck to it for a long, long time. Um, but there are times that I, 
I, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to reach my goals doing single family houses. Yeah. I just don't know if I'll be able to do it. Right. Um, and I do like, I met, I met a guy on one of the cruises that was after mobile home parks. And he was like, man, you got to get into this. This is probably five years ago before the multifamily craze took over. He was like, I did my first deal and hit my, my freedom number. I was making 6,000 bucks a month cash flow. It took me like six months to get it. But like, that was it. You know, yep. I hit, I hit my $72,000 a year on this one deal. He done, you know, four or five cents then, but that was his thing. And I, I think about that conversation now, where I'm still adding one more unit, another 200 bucks a month, one more unit, another 200 bucks a month. And we've built, we don't have to get jobs right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I have another 10 years of this, if I wanted to triple this, quadruple this. Um, because of inventory or manpower, doing it for less? Yeah, just the economies of scale are so hard to hit. Since you're trying yeah. to do it all on your own? Yeah, I mean, right now, Rachel and I are finding deals. We're talking to lenders. We're servicing debt. We're collecting rent. Uh, we do probably about 30% of the sweat equity. That we still got to manage the other 70%. I mean, Rachel today, fucking rock star, man. She met an electrician. She met a plumber. She read a, met a roofer. I'm over, I mean, she's like, all while she's communicating and negotiating and getting work done. I mean, like, it's a, even if she's not, quote, unquote, doing it, it's still got to get managed, yep. you know? So, um, but the reality is, is that we work 60 hours a week, you know, so. And I, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to get out of that. I really don't. Go look at some parks. So I want to spend some time with my Katrina pal. He's, he's 75 now and he's, he's quickly co collecting boats. And we took a 1974 troller out and we saw the, the marina own, owner. So he's cashing sizable checks. So he's doing a mobile home park on the water. He's renting space. And he's a, he's a Bob LaCroix type in the truck with the tape measure. I mean, he's, yeah. he probably got money and grass sacks in the back of his old pickup. That's probably what he has, but he's out there banging it, but he's just buying it by the bottle, selling it by the shot, rinse yeah. and repeat. Uh, so I guess there's other parcels of real estate to rent that you might achieve. Yeah. Slice it up further. That seemed pretty good. I mean, I'm sure he's got monster insurance and a bunch of people to please. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it all works. I think uh, Brandon from the bigger pockets, he's always talking about that, you know, building a bridge to financial freedom and like you know, people, they, they build half a bridge and then they're like, they start wholesaling, they get a few deals like, wow, this is great. And they run across a deal and they get, they want to keep it. And like, okay, I'm going to get rentals. They get two or three rentals and they stop wholesaling. And then it's like, wow, this is awesome. And then they run into flipping. So they you know, did wholesaling. They've got a few, they got a few rentals and they flip a few houses. It's like, oh, this is for the birds. I don't want to flip houses. Let me do something else, create notes, whatever. You look back over like five years and you've got five half bridges to financial freedom. And at that point, I throw my phone across the room because I'm like, that's me. Like, that's exactly what I've done got a few rentals, got my real estate license, did some wholesaling, created some notes, got some Airbnbs. I mean, right now, the only reason that we're really, really jamming, I think, is just because we adamantly keep things. I mean, whether it's rentals or commercial space or Airbnbs, we, we've kept enough that now they're, they're making us money. Yep. But it's all a very ununified product. Oh, it's all over the place. So... Uh I see both sides and I'll share this with you that I heard and it was said more than one time is that the best marketer is going to be the most successful. And I think my downfall is, you know, I haven't been a good marketer to be honest. I just tried to make sincere relationships and, and just drag on the biggest elephant I can give it a claw into. That's, that was the name of my game. Uh, just cause, well, 
I just wasn't confident and either didn't have the money or wasn't confident that you would spend money in the right direction on a marketing campaign because that just didn't seem like it was, I mean, you got to commit to consistently doing stuff, but I just, I guess did a version of guerrilla marketing, like no marketing and guerrilla marketing, like uh, get a marker. A marker is usually involved when people start talking about guerrilla marketing. Right. So, uh, Oh, I'm, I did it like you. I just think that I got bigger stuff than you. Yeah. And I don't know. It didn't hurt for years. Um, there was, I had a much longer sales cycle and what it allowed me to do in 08 was use this funny money from Katrina to, to bide my time or to coast through. There was a housing shortage in new Orleans whenever, uh, 08 was going through out. I remember being on scaffolding three stories high and be doing something on an overhang and, and the news reports that I was listening to are like investors are getting unprecedented inventory by the sheer volume of uh, foreclosed homes. I'm like, <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, been good going through this, having multiple you know, streams of income, having the notes pay, having the Airbnbs, the traveling yeah. nurses, having our Section 8 stuff. I mean, I guess I've got some investors that have, have, have shut down shop doing certain business models because they didn't make it. I got a friend that was doing big Airbnbs out in Lake Austin, and he just shut down completely. Just said, all right, this ain't working. It's a wrap. And he had a $5 million business, you know, and he just shut it down. Um so, you know, we've survived. We kept going by having that, you know, a lots of different legs on our stool. So that, so that has, there are some, some good things about it for sure. Did, um, getting out of that big Airbnb. I think I know what you're talking about. Did that big, did it leave it was a mark? Big stuff. Yeah, it was big stuff, man. I mean, it was, you know, million dollar home, six bedrooms, several yeah. of them. Um, and it's good money in the, in the good season, you know, but something like this happens and it's overnight, just all gone. So he was partnering with the owner in some cases, right? Uh, I think they were trying to buy most of them. I think he tried to buy them. With a loan? Uh, bring in a capital partner and do like mm -hmm. an 80-20 split until the capital partner got all their money back and then do a 20-80 split for the life of the investment. So. That is kind of why I like listening to that syndication stuff. I listened to the REIT newsletter it's on Spotify, but it's, it's super highfalutin, but hearing some of the jargon and hearing some of the things they talk about is really, really good. Like just talking about their capital stacks, talking about how they, how they finance deals, how they bring in equity partners waterfalls. I mean, that stuff you just don't get around the, the realtor property manager, you know, watering cooler. Um, what do you, you call a waterfall? <clears throat> when your return goes up or down based on performance at the mm -hmm. end of like, like a, a cliff or a ledge, mm -hmm. um, you got to do a certain thing for a certain amount of time. And, and then the majority comes to the general partner. I follow. Yeah. Um, or even just, you know, just getting the terms like NOI, you know, net operating income and CapEx or capital, you know, uh, cap rate. I mean, you hear a lot of mom and pop landlords that don't even know that. They're just like, I don't know. We got 10 houses. They pay rent. They don't. I don't care. You know, <laughs> they're paying. I'm going to tell you. I've been yeah. told a lot of times, what's my ROI? Good enough. <laughs> I mean, haven't <laughs> yeah. you heard that? Yeah. I, love, I mean, I love this Southern investor. I, I love them. But I don't even have a calculator. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> going through that, going through that EXP commercial class was pretty, I mean, it was, it was some good basics and they ran you through the terms and then they started asking some pointy questions and I had to, you know, pass a test, but it was, it was kind of puff, but, um, seeing those numbers and plugging them in was, yeah. was great. And those, those commercial listing agents, what they want to hit people with is your return on equity. So once you get over 50% equity, your, your return on equity starts going down. And that's when you should take that equity and buy two Mr. Seller. Yeah. And you're going the, the, uh, thing to be con you know, aware of is that your cash flow can 
may not be as good as it was. Yeah. So where are you with that? Are you a refi to die kind of guy or are you, do you want some no, things paid I, off? I kind of held off. I was like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I could, I could write off some of the, the interest that we're paying. And you start, we started some of those clocks 11 years ago, eight years ago. And you're like, Hey, you know, let's keep on trucking. But nobody seems to agree with me. <laughs> They're like, refinance the shit out of that yeah and you know hearing uh, McElroy talk about even just today hearing him say you know debt is an asset kind of is going to cause me to mash on my account to get me get our taxes done a little sooner yeah that, that, I think it is a season to get a loan if you can get it oh I guess the other thing uh, we're going to get about 200 grand in funny money the uh, city of New Orleans has agreed to utilize some of their uh, FEMA money to elevate one of our structures. Oh, wow. Yep. We went and met up uh, in, in, on Poitras Street in a high-rise glass building overlooking this, the dome. And these two engineers, two, two cooperating engineering companies, ran us through the whole process of the what's and who's and how's and what ifs. So I think. We just got to displace our tenants uh, soon. So it's, a, it's the it's the parental units that live upstairs and the children downstairs. But they have, I mean, it's three generations of families here. And uh, so they're going to jump it up there like nine feet. And we're going to pay it a little extra to get it up to like 12 so we can have higher ceilings in the, in the floor that they're elevating. Okay. So, Nobody's got structures like we have, which is a raised base, which means you got seven or seven and a half foot ceiling when it used to be a basement yeah. um, for floods, but everybody converted to living area. And uh, yeah, we're going to elevate that. Wow. They're like, that was just a windfall? It just You, you didn't seek that no. out? Uh, well, we had a multiple claim, not with us, but I mean, our flood insurance is over three grand a year. It's kind of stiff, right? Yeah. So that's because of multiple claims on this structure. We haven't filed one claim on it, but we got we got the uh, benefit of of that. And Anya just had her ear to the ground or heard it and uh, applied. Wow. Will that save your will your flood insurance premium? Will you not have to carry it then? For sure, it'll be about seven hundred a year. After wow. That. But the the fact you have to keep flood insurance in perpetuity and it's written into the written into the title, written into uh, the actual own anybody uh, has to have infinite. If there is such a thing, it, it has to carry flood insurance and the subsequent owners are going to have to carry it as well. Yeah. But a $2,300 discount. Yeah. I mean, that's raising it on an income producing property at a 10 right. cap. That's making it worth $23,000 more. Just that. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, hearing you talk over, you ever thought about going into commercial real estate? I mean, people, people, I think like you are commercial real estate agents. I don't think you're a residential real estate agent just by the cut. <laughs> I mean, do you like holding people's hands and quelling their fears? And like we found a body. Up? We found a body in this back bedroom. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was the last couple I drove through this house. <laughs> Um, so I've actually been down that road. I got a guy who helped me get my license. Like I was kind of asking him questions about what to do, who to test with that kind of stuff. And he was a commercial guy. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it was just bad info or what, but he, I, I think in the nicest way he said, the, the nicest way he could, he's, he's like, you won't ever have the money to be, really be very successful in commercial space. Um, it takes a long time and a good old boy system down here. And, and you're just, you're better off trying to house mouse it and, and build up your own portfolio. Um, and I've gotten that, I've gotten that response from quite a few guys. Um, and I don't believe it today, but you know, when I was just starting out, I took it to heart and I was like, all right, this is too big for me. I'm not going to jump into it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do think that I, that I would like to get into that space. Um, but I tell you what, man, there's a, a lot of guys that I know and trust has just been like, you, you're not, 
it's not what you want to do because it's not just listing and getting big commission commissions. I mean, you put, you might manage a property for, you know, a year and not make any money on it uh, and carry, carry lots of expenses. It's kind of like some of those foreclosure agents that have to pay to have the yard cleaned up and pay for uh, repairs done. They lose money on the listing. Um, there's just some of those things that niches within this business where you can get skin up. And I think in mm. the commercial world, there's a lot of them. I see. Um, and we've got maybe six big commercial firms here in Jackson and it's pretty, uh, they've got it pretty sewed up. You know, you mm -hmm. can go down and do some, some class C stuff and try to get in the game. Um, and if you do go work for them, they will want to just put you on my residential division. That's, they don't really bring a whole lot of guys in to, uh, to come in there and do the developments and stuff. My pal Mike in new Orleans and he, he close some deals just from the referral network of exp i mean he got somebody wanted some uh they had money in, out west and they found somebody next door in the in the over over 55 trailer park that lived next to him that was sitting on a pile of money and they came over here and bought a few dollar generals that were just all leased up i mean yeah he, he closed it out and yeah that course the guy was talking about making money making money and they bang the phones they bang the phones three four hours a day yeah. but he, he talks about the nature of those good old boy pocket listings and things like that not really much seeing the light of day with as far as the mls how it would be on on you know you would ex you would want to expose your property on the mls well commercial stuff doesn't always hit like that uh-uh so he he spoke to that, but he he was a go getter and and felt like he said you can go get it too. Yeah. No, there's a and you notice a lot of uh, properties, multifamily or big commercial stuff, they won't even put a price on them. They just say here's the rent, here's where it is, bring us the offers. And you're like, mm -hmm. what's that? You gotta say a price. And they're like, no, the market's gonna tell us what it is. That's right. Um, there's, there's a lot of different really cool things about it but it's uh and you talk about being on the mls most of these brokers they've been building their own pipelines for so long they've got buyers and sellers and these relationship stuff it's yep. not just let me put it on facebook and see if anybody bites you know and put it on zillow and, and drop the price yeah they seem a little more gimlet eyed and yeah. a bunch of sharps on the commercial yeah. space um, oh all right, man. Well, what's next for you? Um, after after you get these places prettied up and rented out, you gonna take a break? No, we're gonna get that. We're gonna try to get the building plans approved for that uh, oh, new yeah. build. Cool. Uh, the one you lent on that, that yeah. lot over there, um, and and that I think is gonna be the highest hurdle of that whole ordeal is just getting it approved. Um, once that happens, are you going against the grain somehow? It's the city of Jackson. You know, we've already, we went through the process. I, I, I thought we were supposed to go through. We never got any feedback from them. It was an online process. We put everything in there, put the building plans, told them that who was going to be building it, what the cost was and just crickets. So I'm going to have to go down there and do a face to face, but they've been bragging all about their online portal. It's supposed to be the cat's pajamas and we just didn't hear anything back. Just from um, the administration or you heard of uh, people using it? Other contractors have used uh -huh. it. It's supposed to be good. But <clears throat> the one thing I'm trying to do that might give me a little bit of uh, headwinds is in Mississippi, if you build a project under $50,000, you can general contract it yourself. The, mm -hmm. the owner and the occupant can do it. Mm -hmm. And so legally, I know I can, but I'm not sure if they're going to really fly. Because, um, I mean, right now, our material list would probably be about forty grand. Um trying to build a 900 square foot house. So, uh, anywho, I, I mean, I should be able to do it, but I've never done it before. So then the other houses on the block, are they 900 square feet? No, no, no. they're going to be pissed. They're 1800, 2400. They're, they're, they're nice houses. And why are you I doing mean, it like that? Cause you can rent it out for what you want to be at yeah you gonna hold uh, it oh we're gonna hold it mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole affordable housing thing is a problem, you know, and being able to find something that well, I've kind of got a two a I know we can Airbnb it over there, but also mm-hmm. my mom is probably going to move to Jackson in the next four to five years. All right. And that would be another mom, small house, brand new living in the area. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, not big, crazy 1800 square foot, 2000 for her to take care of. I mean, cause those people that are 75 to 80 years old, they're still healthy. They don't want a big 15, 18, 2000 square foot house. Right. So we've got multiple things we might do with it. Um, and Jackson's pretty, uh, liberal so I, I think we'll be able to make not, a case for yourself i hope so yeah i think so you gonna fluff it up with some vegetation or something to not draw quite the ire of the neighbors you know i don't know that i don't know that we'll get a whole bunch of blowback from building a small house i think we would get more blowback if we told them we were planning on renting it to traveling nurses or airbnb it i think that would rattle a bunch of cages mm-hmm. But I think there's just the size of it. I don't know if it would. So you're going up with it pretty soon. You're going to be going to the sales and you're going to be con- constructing this deal. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking probably get the thing approved October-ish. Uh-huh. Uh, and then probably when you get, get back. The, what's that? When you get back from uh, Virginia. Yeah. If we can get if we can get approved by then. And then when we get approved. We got six months to start and two years to finish. So we'll, we'll fit it in there. And I'm still kind of watching lumber prices. Um, they're coming down a little bit, but I, I mean, I don't know if time in the market's even worth it. But I mean, right now they're still really, really high. Right. Uh, but that's kind of also too while we're doing a small house. Is it's like, eh? So if we pay twenty percent, thirty percent more than we're supposed to pay, okay, we're only building a nine hundred square foot house. Yeah, it's not. So. And what's uh, what's um. Virginia Ringersall. What's what's he's what's his unique what's he calling his thing? Deal maker twenty twenty one. So it's a perennial. Yeah. Len Rich Lennon, he was in he brought everybody to Mexico. He did. And Rachel and I were thinking about going down there when they announced it eight months ago and then we just kinda of looked at each other with the COVID environment. It was like no not going it wasn't so much about being sick or not sick it was just leaving the country i yeah. just didn't even i mean we actually called to find out what we needed to do and they gave us some you have to get a covid test and a vaccination this is before vaccinations were even out and i was like eh, I'm not it would have been a good time to hang out with this guy. all right everybody thanks for listening to episode five of the wide world of real estate i'll say goodbye for david sugg and thank you so much for sticking with us if you have I will see you next time.